Magandang araw, podmates! This is the second part of our discussion on the Marcos Duterte feud. Kasama pa rin natin si Dr. Aris Arugay, political scientist and chair of the Department of Political Science at UP Diliman. You know, more than two years ago, you wrote about a so-called emerging dynasty cartel, no? Between the Marcoses and the uh, Dutertes, no? Sabi mo nga, it's another level of Philippine dynastic politics, no? Uh, and, uh, you know, sabi mo, this alliance between the families, uh, if, it, if it becomes ironclad, an extension of power is possible even beyond 2034 because that's how cartels work, no? So, uh, itong dynasty cartel na sinasabi mo, no? And, and you're the first uh, analyst or writer I've seen uh, use this term, no? Major short lived, no? If uh, if if you're to judge by uh, recent events, no, mukhang ano, no? Mukhang bridges have been burned. Wala nang wala nang uh, balikan ito after Digong and Bongbong accuse each other of you uh, of being addicts, no? Uh, although uh, uh, BBM seems to have um, uh, forgiven uh, former President Duterte for you know drug references or accusations in the past, no. Pero did you actually foresee this scenario where this dynasty cartel would actually and uh, long, long before the next election? When I tried to to somehow give an idea of that this alliance, which sabi ko nga, no, the two biggest and most powerful political dynasties, if they ever are able to keep it not together, it, it's such um, a formidable uh, political force no, in the country and with enough descendants. No? Yun yung ano dun eh. Kumbaga may pila eh, no? So, pwedeng mag-give and take. But the, the entire cartel idea rests upon an equal partnership and a partnership that is in, in which uh, power will be shared, no? And even promiscuously. The, the, the thing is, mukhang walang kahit nagkaroon man ng alyansa. The problem is, what solidifies the commitment to stay in the alliance. And if there are perceptions na uh, na mukhang hindi ako napagbibigyan, hindi ako na-accommodate, then the alliance falls apart. So, I think hindi na natin nakikita masyado at yung prospects of this dynasty cartel are, are very low. I'm not totally counting it out kasi Howie, minsan, baka pag-eleksyon dun sila nag-unity me. ba? Ngayon, away. Pero pagdating na ng botohan, lalo na kung merong credible threat from from other political forces, then pragmatism will rule. No, words have been said to one another, but uh, but the, the larger, the bigger picture, the larger goal is to ensure that power stays. No, within within them. No, kaya lang the cartel idea will really no longer be relevant if one believes that one does not need the other in order to perpetuate themselves in power no or to regain power that they they have lost no so ang tingin ng uh, Marcos dynasty at ng Duterte dynasty is that hindi na nila kailangan ng isa't isa no uh, then we will see really the end of of this alliance at medyo nakikita natin ngayon kasi sa totoo lang uh, kung magkakaroon man ng polarization ngayon it seems like it's between the two at 
ni walang ni walang third force. I'm not saying the opposition doesn't exist, but we're not feeling them. We're not really seeing the the umbrella, the the tent uh, that is supposed that in which there is a lot of space for. Because if you ask Filipinos now, oh, aninong koponan ka ba? Some of them might even say neither. No, and and um, I'm hoping na may ibang alternatives, but unfortunately, we're not seeing it seeing it right now. Okay, well, you know, you you, you referred to the Marcoses and the Dutertes as an alliance, no? But uh, obviously, you see them as more than just an alliance. You call them a dynasty cartel, no? Usually, yung salitang cartel ginagamit sa konteksto ng drug cartel or oil cartel where other players are excluded no sometimes uh, uh violently no so yung so so Bumo, uh you know this this alliance this unit team this tandem na pinorm between the marcoses and the dutertes was a cartel that's meant to exclude other uh other players no but itong crack no itong dito sa cartel na to is being viewed by others as an opportunity no, for you not sinasabi mo ang third force, no? So, what is the status of the opposition? Uh, itong itong uh, itong marami rin na kumampanya para kay kay Lenny Robredo, yung sumanib after the election dito sa Angat uh, Buhay, no? Uh, yung mga uh, mga na-mobilize na kabataan uh, nung uh, 2021, 2022, no? Na substantial din. Ano bang uh, kalagayan ngayon ng initong sinasamang third force o opposition. Kasi ngayon, na lumalabas, ang opposition lang ay si mga Duterte mismo. Let us remember, 15 million voters no, casted their vote against, possibly, no, against this alliance. No? When they casted their vote to the main opposition candidate, uh, Lenny Robredo. So, this is n- no small number. No? Marami to. So, ibig sabihin, somewhere out there in this Bangayan ng mga Marcos at Dutertes, there are people who can never see themselves siding one or or the other. No, at at the moment, unfortunately, untapped. No, kasi unang una, for example, we're not seeing the usual, I would say, no, intense and massive opposition. For example, to charter change, ang nangungunang as against charter change are the Dutertes campaign for charter change when they were in power ironically so i mean kasi dahil hindi na sila yung driver ng charter change kaya siguro sila against no and of course as we all know in philippine political history the one who is next in line or at least gunning for the presidency will always be the one against charter change no yan naman ang history ng 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 chat philippines no pag ikaw na yung pag mag- presidente na of course he will not agree to changing the rules uh, all of a sudden so nandun yung opportunity but we must also understand how the opposition has failed to capture a lot of uh, the hearts and minds of Filipinos uh, we also know that how they were of course deliberately attacked and um, threatened and uh, victimized by disinformation and, and fake news kaya lang if in social media, for example, they are being disempowered, that should not affect how they feel about their ability to be to offer themselves as uh, alternatives to the public. So, okay, gets ko yun, no? Uh, natalo, gets ko yung 
licking one's wounds, but you know, there must be a time wherein you will just have to stand your ground despite whatever online hate or fake news being uh, said to you. Lahat naman tayo, nabiktima na ng fake news dito. <laughs> so, uh, no one is really that special. And I think the key here is really to to tap into that and, and create that big tent. Unfortunately, minsan, yung mga bagahe, mga negative issues, ideological differences, sometimes yun yung mga nagiging ano eh, nagiging spoilers. But sana itong mga opposition sources of possibly the, the opposition can rise, can think beyond themselves and think of the bigger picture and to to offer um, alternative leadership. Hindi naman kailangan sa election lang eh. I mean, the election should not be seen as the only arena uh, of, of, of contestation, but it should lead to that. It's important no, that they win. But, you know, our democratic constitution at the moment, kasi hindi pa naman nababago, and our framework, may civil liberties naman tayo, um, that allows uh, freedom of expression and freedom of assembly at the moment, then ito yung hindi natin na- nakikita for now. No? It's, it's sad to see it this way, but hopefully, no? uh, may makita tayo. Kasi in a democracy, ang hirap naman na ang choices mo eh, between lesser evils or sabi nga nung kanta, Devil and the Deep Blue Sea. That's not a democracy. Well, yun nga ang uh, nakapagtataka para sa mga observers no ng uh, ng politika sa atin anong uh, kampanya and uh bago mag-election ng 2022. They, we did see so much energy, you know? Uh, and uh, wala namang natakot doon sa trolling sa social media noon, no? I mean, they, uh, people were really coming out, uh, speaking out, getting involved for the first time, house to house, kinakausap kahit yung mga kalaban nila. Uh, o kalaban doon sa mga neighborhoods nila no uh, and then bigla na lang parang naguuwian no and now uh, parang nagkaroon nga ng opportunity dahil nga the Marcoses and the Dutertes basically are tearing each other down and it creates kind of a kind of a surprising uh, early opportunity in this administration for this for this third force no so at this point you still don't see that uh, emerging, you still don't see any new activity on that front. Kasi Howie, at present, there is an exist- existential threat to our present constitutional order. No, Kahit sabihin na nilang, ah, economic provisions lang naman yung gagalawin namin chan. The entire history of constitutional attempts to change the constitution of this country no, tells us otherwise. No? Kasi kaya nga hindi siya nag-succeed ever since Pero ngayon yung pinakaseryoso kasi mukhang natutunan na ng mga political elites how to go around no the the legal um and, and institutional obstacles that were faced by previous attempts. May existential threat yung constitution natin ngayon and we don't hear, we don't see, we don't feel the contempt regarding this. Al- yung, yung mga balita ninyo sa GMA na uh, nagkakabayaran sa signatures and it's such a ludicrous idea to think that people know the intricacies of procedure, voting separately, voting jointly, to the point that it becomes 
the stuff of a people's initiative. Wag naman natin insultuin yung intelligence ng mga tao, no? So, at wag din naman natin silang i-patronize at the same time. So, I think ito sana yung opportunity kasi it's less about personality. You have a threat that constitution is about to be tinkered at kahit sabihin na nilang economic provisions lang to, alam naman ng lahat na pag binuksan mo na yan, everything is fair game. And if you will look at those who are spearheading this, ang question ko is, is there public trust? And why now? <laughs> And every economist na, na, na credible, sinabi na na you don't need to change the constitution if the objective is to improve the economy. So you are barking at the wrong tree. Iba yung dapat mong baguhin. Ang key sa attracting foreign direct investment is governance. The rule of law. It's eliminating bureaucratic red tape. Kasi kahit magbago tayo ng constitution, foreign investors will, will at the moment, will choose Vietnam over the Philippines, will choose other ASEAN countries. A better-looking uh, constitution will not solve that problem. But balikan ko lang tungo sinasabi mong uh, the existential threat of uh, charter change, no? Because there uh, are ironies, jan, no? Because right now, former President Duterte is leading the resistance to charter change when that was one of his signature promises, no? Nung nanampaan niya siya for the presidency. He, He one on his platform was charter change in particular yung federalism nga na ina-advocate ng niya at saka ng um, marami din na uh, sa literato lalo na sa sa Mindanao no pero ngayon na uh, uh, mukhang nasa labas na siya ng Colombo he's leading the resistance uh, to this so it seems like you know it just seems like a, a personal motive here no And then, uh, yung isang uh, isa pang irony dito is similarly si Pangulong Marcos had not campaigned on any kind of charter change uh, promise, no? Hindi hindi yan nabanggit doon sa platform. So it seems like there was some kind of Trojan horse here na na hindi pinangako and then ngayon nandiyan na and it has an even greater chance or do you think it has a greater chance of succeeding now? So, yung lumabas dito Walang prinsipyo involved, no, dito sa charter change. It's all about how to extend politicians' uh, terms uh, and stay in power. Or under Duterte, was there a was there a sincere goal of you know making us a, a, a better functioning democracy under a federal system? Balikan ko yung sinabi mo na Marcos didn't really campaign for it. In fact. Uh, when when I presented the position paper of the UP Department of Political Science in a House hearing of the Committee on Constitutional Amendments, I even mentioned that uh, back then, uh, BBM was even quoted in saying that I don't think charter change is in the minds of the Filipino people right now and I don't think it will succeed anytime soon. And this is why it is never part of, of my campaign. No? Uh, na quote sa doon and uh, I even read that quote to the dismay of the members of the committee of the house during that time but part to nung pagiging accountable ng ating mga politiko eh. we must always demand them to straight through to their word and for a constitution that is uh, uh, not at maraming Pilipino hindi naiintindihan hindi nabasa Uh, there are surveys wherein constitutional change is nowhere near the people's consciousness. Ano yung basihan? 
Sa kaya nga sa tingin ko seryoso siya kasi nagagamit yung taong bayan through people's initiative in saying that this is as if it's a bottom up uh, process na ang ang clamor ng gagaling sa taong bayan. Magandang tanungin yan eh. I mean, kung ako lang may survey per, tatanong ko yan eh. Totoo ba to? Kasi if if this is really what the members of the house are are saying at hindi naman talaga to yung nararamdaman ng tao, then seems like members of the House of Representatives are not really are representatives of someone else and not the people who voted for them who may not even know the issues involved and yet there it is being presented as if through people's initiative na gusto talaga nilang baguhin yung constitution. In fact, ang gusto nilang gawin e eh, baguhin lang the way the House and the Senate will vote from separately to jointly. Bilib na bilib naman ako sa mga taong bayan natin to be able to understand this. No, I'm not I'm not demeaning, but all I'm saying is can we be realistic? No? Talaga bang merong nanggagaling sa grassroots na demand na ang pagbabago sa konstitusyon eh dapat parehong bumuboto ang Senado at ang Kamara at hindi magkahiwalay. I think that's the top question eh. That's the hard question that we need to ask. And um, hopefully our political leaders who think that they have the best interest of the people are willing to listen to the reality. Kasi kung hindi, then they, they are selling uh, a different reality. Kaya siya naging seryoso, Howie, kasi nagkaroon ng budgetary allocation na hindi natin alam. ba? Diba? Parto ng magic ng budgetary process natin, no? Dito na-cover ng media. Just for context lang, yung budgetary allocation for Comelec for plebiscites, right? Yes. Oh, Yeah. Para malinaw lang. Yung para saan yung budget right, right, na yan. Yeah. So, kasi plebiscites can be for a lot of things, di ba? Pero you're, you're saying, siningit yon dahil nga may, may nagpa-plano na na magpa-plebiscito para sa people's initiative. If really the intentions are really good and they really want to to go with what the people feel and what the people think, perhaps kung magkakaroon man ng plebiscito, the plebiscite should be to ask people whether they are in favor of changing the constitution or not. Hindi dapat yun assume. Kung sakaling mo magkakaroon ng pagtatanong, kasi yung mga ibang bansa that change their constitution, nagsimula sa ganun eh. They ask the people, uh, do you want to change the constitution? At pag sinabing hindi, then it should be respected. Pag sinabing oo, then we proceed so that it will truly be a democratic and people-oriented process. Kasi sa lumalabas ngayon, mukhang dictated pa ng vested interest kasi opening the country to foreign capital, opening all these sectors. Sino ba talaga ang makikinabang dito? At mukhang napakalakas nung lobby kasi uh, from the ads, <laughs> yung Edsa Puera, from, from, there seems to be really no, a grand scheme. And this is why for me, ito yung pinakaseryoso kasi they seem to have figured out and learned from previous attempts on how to do about this. And it will really be unfortunate na parang papanoori na lang natin to as it goes along. We won't express our own fears and our own uh, doubts on, on this process. Eh parang nanonood tayo ng car crash in, in slow motion tapos we can't do anything about it. But I, I also want to point out that itong mga dynasties no are not uh, monolithic no when it comes to charter change as you know no si si uh, Senator Amy Marcos has been quite vocal against it 
uh, and in fact, nagbabangayan sila ng first cousin niya, si Speaker Martin Romualdez, who is in favor. Uh, the, the Duterte's down in Dabao, si, si Digong and Baste are uh, against. Si Sara has been, you know, kind of been saying she's still with the administration on 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 everything no so she's been careful not to rock rock the boat and uh see president marcos has given her his his continuing support no so uh even within uh, the dynasties no hindi nagkakaisa on on their on their respective uh position no so may nagsasabi na ano lang to um Moro-moro lang to, no? Parang it's all a part of a spectacle leading to the same thing. Ano anong tingin mo dito? Hindi talaga nagkakaisa. Halimbawa, itong mga Marcos, no? Uh, Aimee versus Martin. And then where does uh, President Marcos, Bongbong Marcos, really stand on all of this? I think at at the end, no, if you're President Marcos, no, you don't want to be seen as very intrusive into these games that politicians play. Kasi Presidente ka, Head of State ka, you should be above, no? Uh, politics. That's one. Uh, you must understand their position often comes from where they sit. No, anong position? No. So, for example, Aimee Marcos's opposition is quite consistent with the opposition of of the Senate as an institution and senators individually in every chacha attempt in Philippine political history. Kaya nga nakadevise ng way para ikuta na lang yung Senado through people's initiative, eh, diba? By vote by by letting them be overwhelmed by the sheer number of the House of Representatives in voting. Uh, but let us also remember na yung CONCOM na in a point no, na ni President Duterte before, na one possible, uh, one possible amendment is uh, we might have a bicameral system, but they're no longer be co-equal. Meaning, the fear is that the Senate will be disempowered as an institution. No? Kasi hindi naman sa lahat ng bicameral uh, legislature sa buong mundo, hindi naman kailangan silang co-equal. Eh. No? Uh, U.S. presidential system lang yon. But if you look at other systems, normally the more numerous house is the more powerful one. No? At kung ikaw senador, nationally elected ka, and we all know this is the recruitment pool of most of our Philippine presidents, hindi ka papayag in, in, in such a change no? in the way the, the, the rules are being put up. Uh, doon naman sa iba, yung kay Vice President Sara Duterte, of course, she is hedging at the moment because she doesn't really want to be put in in one box because that will attract antagonism. Uh, so at the end, I think, hindi nakakagulat itong mga variation na to. Ang immediate result niyan is more confusion for us, <laughs> for the public. Unnecessary confusion. Uh, and... Uh, Sa tingin ko, it distracts us from more important things that the country should be more focused on. Okay, and speaking of which, no, balikan lang natin tung bangayan, and maybe this is where we can uh, also end. No? Itong bangayan sa pagitan ng, ni, ng dating Pangulo at yung kasalukuyang uh, Pangulo. No? Kasi si dating Pangulong Duterte, mukhang uh, hindi siya tatahimik no? anytime soon. No? Recently, he challenged President Marcos to take a drug test um, you know, and to ask whether his cocaine habit had a prescription, etc. I mean, parang nagiging playground taunts na. No? So, sabi mo nga, it's unstatesmanlike, unseemly, but, you know, I mean, si Pre- dating President Duterte is playing to his own base who seems, which seems to be, you know, uh, uh, amused at least, no, by, by these things, no? 
Um, but ano yung, ano yung pwede mangyari rito? No? Will any president tolerate this kind of accusation, this kind of attack uh, for, you know, indefinitely? Uh, even even if it's from a former president who was who was popular, no, like President Duterte, it's not just about drugs, no. I mean, uh, si pre- dating President uh, Duterte, um, you know, called on the military to uh, take action, or uh, and then even said that um, nung panahon niya, I mean, swear to si Pangulong Marcos na uh dahil uh, nasa drugless siya and he was not um he was not and he's still alive and he was still he's uh, you know he was not victimized no uh and even even said he might end up like his father Marcos uh, Ferdinand Marcos uh senior who was overthrown no by people power this is kind of unprecedented no i i don't recall this kind of verbal assault against a current president from a former president ever sa tingin ko at the end the president of the country, no? ang nature ng presidency, it it always has all the political tools, no, uh, in order to defend itself and promote its interests. Kaya nga, kaya nga sinabi ko kanina at the end, ang importante na ka ba sa malakanyang o hindi. So former President Duterte might create a lot of you know uh, noise, might might create a lot of distractions, but at at the end, he is risking irrelevant. For now, parang nakakaaliw, no? Uh, kasi, uh, of course, yung itong awayan ng mga political elites para sa ating Pilipino, parang spectator sport yan, eh, no? Na parang na- gusto natin minsan nakikitang nagbabangayan sila, no? But, ang tingin ko is, uh, it will get lame. To use the term, uh, darating din sa point na mahuhumay din tayo, no? And, uh, pag hindi na siya entertaining, what else can, can former President Duterte do? In the meantime, there are uh, critical policy legacies that it truly believes believe in na, ang, na para sa kanya, legacy niya yon at yun yung, yun yung narrative na inaandu ng Marcos administration. And let's, let's admit it, uh, the way that uh, Duterte and his allies have responded to the threat of ICC prosecution, no? And that for them is the existential threat. And we all know that the the prospects of, of that process making progress rests upon in the government of the day, which is occupied by Marcos Jr. and not the Dutertes. Okay, so you think the only risk to former President Duterte when he keeps attacking President Marcos is the risk of irrelevance no because some might some might think that what he's saying is already a form of sedition no so there's also a risk to president marcos diba if he allows himself to be abused in this way so you're saying uh president marcos will just you know will just wait this out until interest wanes and um because for six years we heard this kind of language no and then mukhang hindi naman na hindi naman na wala ng interest yung, yung ibang tao sa ganyang klaseng salita so, Oh, I think in the end, no, and this is why it's it's good that you have institutions making statements, speaking up. Uh, Pidea launched uh, something. The military, through the chief of staff, uh, also issued the statement. Institutional yung response. Kasi style naman to ni former President Duterte. Let's remember, he was a fiscal before, and fiscals usually accuse and allege. No? Um, kaya lang sa tingin ko, for... for sa atin bilang citizens, media, 
uh, as well as kami sa, sa academia and every sector in Philippine society to accuse is something but it's more important to provide evidence uh, so evidence based facts based if president former president Duterte will will keep on doing this without providing evidence then sino maniniwala but on the other hand for president Marcos I think there must be a calibrated response na a combination na pagpatulan kasi isa pa ba yan sa aatupagin niya sa dami ng supposed link trabaho ng isang pangulo but at the same time his advisors must also ensure that he does not appear weak uh, and and that the perception is that he will he is not governing the country from a position of weakness so I, I am sure the president has all the advice, the best advice <laughs> advisors around no, that could tell him to address this through the formal tools of the presidency, but at the same time, uh, do this politically. No? Ang key naman dito is yung sino pa ba yung mga political allies from the political elites, from the politicians that are behind, for example, the former president Duterte and the Dutertes. For example, Mindanao political elites are already negating a lot of what he is saying. Kung magkakaroon man ng loyalty check among the political elites, sino ang pa- si- kanino sila, alam naman natin that the Philippine president has all the tools to convince political elites to be on his side and not the side of the one accusing him of these allegations. Okay, that's a good note to end on. So, uh, maraming salamat, Aris. No, thank you for uh, shedding light rather than uh, spreading more heat. <laughs> Mabuhay ka, Dr. Aris Arugay, Chair of the Political Science Department at UP Diliman. Maraming maraming salamat. Ilambadawi. Thanks for listening, Podmates. Download this episode so you can listen to it anytime, anywhere. Stay safe, Podmates. Podmates.